0: Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
2: Well, the Supreme Court, as expected, I think, based on how the argument went, has blocked the Biden administration from enforcing the COVID restrictions on anybody, any business employing more than 100 people that said. Those people either had to be vaccinated or had to wear masks and get weekly tests. The Supreme Court here basically says the government did not have the authority to do that, but the Supreme Court, over the uh, dissent of four justices, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Barrett, has agreed to let the government enforce the other COVID mandate that was imposed by the Biden administration, that applies to about 20 million health care workers who work in facilities that treat Medicare or Medicaid patients and get federal funding. There, the court says uh, that, that that is a much more focused mandate.
3: You know, um, neither one of us are uh, lawyers. Neither one of us are Supreme mm-hmm. Court justices. Uh, but sometimes Yet. we play one on the radio, and sometimes we get something right. Exactly. Uh, we predicted for a while that the... Uh, law to or the ruling by yeah. uh, biden to enforce wouldn't stick businesses yeah
4: with over 100 employees to get vaccinated would now would be ruled somebody, unconstitutional somebody last night on a twitter i saw that had written uh, you know now i can go to work and nobody can force me to uh, wear a mask that's not true actually your employer still can elect to have you wear a mask or be vaccinated if they want to
3: yeah I saw the same thing on social media last night, That, and and it was somebody who worked at Micron. And if you remember, Micron um, requires all their employees to get vaccinated. Now, they started requiring their employees to be vaccinated before this even happened, before Biden said that he was going to force companies with over 100 employees to get vaccinated. That was a a private company saying, we are going to require vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And somebody had erroneously put, well, don't I feel stupid now because... I was required to get vaccinated, so I did it, and now I find out it's unconstitutional. No, No. it's not.
4: That only pertains to the government. The government, the federal government, cannot tell your employer uh, what they have to do in this particular case. However, your employer can certainly tell you what you have to do, and uh, it's uh, apparently not violating your rights because you can find another job if you want. Yeah. And we've had this, this discussion before. It's
3: like, you know, but you're you're taking away my rights. And, and I've asked before to the numerous people that say that. And it's like, what right are you, you know, according to the Constitution, are you having taken away from you? And almost well, yeah, every time it's fair. like, it's my pursuit of happiness, my right to the pursuit of happiness. And it's like, there's nowhere in the Constitution that says you have a right to work whatever job you want to work.
4: And there's also, so, it doesn't mention inoculations at all. No. Which you know, is not terribly surprising for the 1770s. And
3: I, I, I get your argument that you don't want to do it. And, you know, I don't like the fact that, you know, companies force it. But companies have rights. Owners of companies have rights just like you do. And their rights don't get precluded or are more important than, than, uh, your rights,
4: and depending can, on how you, yeah. yeah, depending on how you look at it, they either have rights or they have stuff they can get away with. But either way, they they can do it. Yeah. Now, I I was a
3: little surprised. I I, I didn't think that the uh, mandate for they, they they got rid of the mandate for companies, but medical facilities. Oh yeah, can still be forced by OSHA by I, the I Biden knew,
4: administration. I knew that would be an exception, simply because of the the kind of work they do.
3: Yeah. Uh, the court said after. All the court wrote in its opinion on medical facilities, quoting here, ensuring that providers take steps to avoid transmitting a dangerous virus to their patients is consistent with the fundamental principle of the medical profession, which is first,
4: do no harm. Mm,
3: And when it was explained in that way, it's like, all right, now now I get why they kept one and got rid of the other.
4: That's why we have malpractice suits, because sometimes they fail to do no harm. President Joe Biden did not have a good day yesterday.
3: By the way, this is the second Supreme Court ruling um, that he has had struck down Mm -hmm. uh, recently. Probably won't be the last. And also yesterday, he's been pushing voting rights bill that he wants to get passed. And to be able to do that, they would have to get rid of the filibuster. So he's been talking about, we need to get rid of the filibuster, yada, yada, yada. And Senator Cinema yesterday came out, not just in her opinion, on the Senate floor, said she will not vote to get rid of the filibuster. And all it took is one Democratic vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's no way that they can um, get rid of it. A little bit later this morning, we'll play what, you, what she had to say um, yesterday in the Senate. So two massive defeats for the Biden administration. Uh, yesterday, Not having a good week. Um, the Quinnip- Quinnipiac, am I saying that right? Poll, yeah, Quinnipiac. Yeah,
4: poll came out. It's a school in Connecticut.
3: The um, poll this week on uh, Biden's um, poll numbers um, down to 33%. That's pretty low. That's, yeah, yeah That that's pretty,
4: Basically, pretty low. Basically, it, it means one out of three people think you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this room, uh, there would be one of us.
3: Oh, it's probably our producer. He's pointing at you. Yeah, it, and look, three fingers are pointing back at him when he does it. <laughs> not a good week for hard Biden. Ar-
4: hard to argue with that.
3: Yeah, uh, not a good week um, for you know Democrats probably who are going to be running for re-election in the upcoming primary because you know you, you now you what you you can't go back to your constituents and say, um, hey, we we fought for the vac- vaccine mandate. It was ruled unconstitutional. Yay.
4: However, I guarantee Republicans will be using that. You can, but you will get into a discussion.
3: (laughs) People will go, wait, you're fighting for something that's unconstitutional, and you see that as a good thing? We need to have a discussion, like Chris just said. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, some of the things we'll be talking about. Your thoughts on uh, it this morning. I know we live in Idaho. I'm going to guess that most of our phone calls uh, coming in are probably going to say yay. Um, But... You know, we'd love to hear from you if, if you think the Supreme Court erred. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts. 208-336-3700, pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is also Open Phones Friday. So we will talk about anything you want to talk about, any subject you want to bring up. That's what Friday is all about. It is all about you. So it could be something we talked about earlier this week or something completely off topic that yeah. you think we should be and talking about.
4: Now for something
3: completely different. So feel free to give us a call, 208-336-3700, pounds 670, on your Verizon wireless. Um, you can also email us. Uh, we understand there are you aren't able to call, and I know it is open phones Friday, but if you're not allowed to call and find it easier to get through on email, Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBY.com, send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, and you can also text us, and our text number is the same as our main number, 208-336-3700. With that said... Time for a check on sports. Our first update this morning. It is Friday, and you know what that means? Clam chowder day. Not just any clam chowder. Some of the best clam chowder you are going to find anywhere.
4: Do you know that this is
3: National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day? And guess what? What? You can get a hot pastrami sandwich. Actually, you can't get a sandwich. You can get a sandwich at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. And by the way, how fortuitous! Their their pastrami sandwiches. I don't know. Have you had one from? Fat Guys? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yes, it is. Uh, get into Fat Guys today. Find out we're talking about the number
4: one rated deli in Idaho. Also, it's National Bean Day, but uh, you know, stick with the clam chowder. Probably don't have beans in their <laughs> clam chowder, I <I'm> guess. <laughs> eh, yeah, you never know, but no. Uh, on the PGA Tour, they're in Honolulu this week. Don't you feel sorry for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, what were they on the Big Island, I guess, last week? Kevin Na. Oh, they are in Maui
3: last week. Oh, right? Maui. It was yeah. Maui,
4: you're right. Uh, Kevin Na leads after round one of the Sony Open in Hawaii. Jim Furick and Russell Henley are one shot behind. Nine games were postponed or canceled last night in men's college basketball, including Eastern Washington at Idaho State. In games that did manage to happen, Southern Cal beat Oregon State. Number two Gonzaga topped BYU. San Diego beat Portland. Oregon upset number three UCLA in overtime. Weber State beat Idaho, number 19 Texas Tech won over Oklahoma State, number 13 Wisconsin got by number 16 Ohio State, DePaul upset number 20 Seton Hall and Stanford beat Washington State. Boise State plays at New Mexico Saturday at 3:30. In the NBA, Denver scored 140 points to beat Portland. What? In the <laughs> yeah. Wow. In the uh, NHL, Tampa Bay beat Vancouver, and St. Louis got by Seattle. And the NFL playoffs start tomorrow. Las Vegas at Cincinnati kicks off at 2.30 on NBC, which is good news for anybody if, unless, you, unless you have dish. And uh, New England Buffalo follows at 6.15 p.m. on CBS. KBY Newstime, 6.17. For your Google
0: Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. In the Caldwell School District, they will be closed tomorrow and Friday in light of increasing COVID-19 cases within Caldwell schools. We got staffing shortages there and student absenteeism. There will be no remote learning during the closure, we're told. School will resume Tuesday following the Martin Luther King Idaho Human Rights Holiday Weekend. Students and staff will be required to wear masks at least through next Friday. That'd be January 21st. A special board meeting is scheduled for tomorrow at 530 in the evening.
3: And as we uh, told you, probably it was a uh, good guess that more schools in the Treasure Valley uh, would possibly be uh, closing due to the uh, COVID surge um, as COVID cases surge. So we announced, and you heard right there, Caldwell closed until Tuesday, all Caldwell schools, Um, and then uh, Peace Valley Charter School in Boise, and Owyhee Elementary School in Nampa School District have announced that they will both be closed today and plan to reopen on Tuesday. Remember Monday, as mentioned there, Martin Mm -hmm. Luther King Jr. Day. We, by the way, um, are also closing our showdown on Monday to uh, honor Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We will not be here on Monday, so we'll be back on Tuesday. Nothing to do with COVID. Uh, About one-third of the staff members at Hawaii Elementary School are out right now. They've been hit uh, really hard and are struggling to uh, keep the school running. So that's Mm -hmm. the reason why their decision to shut down. Schools across Treasure Valley have been reporting increasing numbers of positive COVID-19 cases and have been struggling mainly with staff shortages and high absent rates among students. Health officials have warned about how contagious the Omicron variant is and encourage schools to implement mask mandates and other mitigation protocols. Most school districts in Idaho do not require masks in the classrooms. Uh, Caldwell school district has mandated uh, instituted their mask mandate once again until at least January 21st. That, as far as I know is the only school here in the treasure Valley that I know of that has, for sure. instilled their mask mandate again. I may be wrong on that. I'm trying to remember if Boise, I think Boise may have a mask mandate also. The Boise School District. Yeah, I, I I'm not me. sure. West Ada does not, and they're being criticized because of the number of people who are calling in sick. They're having the same problems as a lot of school, not just the students, but also faculty, staff, bus drivers and whatnot. Um, we'll give you uh, the latest update on the last week's coronavirus numbers that we can get you because there is now an over 18,000 person backlog of cases that they have not been able to get to, but I will just tell you that as of right now, and this was as of yesterday for the last week, one out of every four people who live in Idaho have COVID. We have four people in uh, KBOI, so one of us must have COVID, right?
4: (laughs) Or people here at the moment, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's highly possible one of us does. It very well possibly
3: could be. One of them doesn't anymore. We know that. But he had it 10 days ago. But as of last week, one out of every four. <laughs> people who live in Idaho um you know have have COVID. I so think, you think about th- a school I think, district. I think we're being
4: suspected as we speak. Yeah.
3: You think of a school district, just to, to give you an idea, say you have a thousand members, uh faculty in your school district district that work there. Um mm-hmm. you know, so you've got if you have a thousand members, you've got two hundred and fifty yeah. employees that are out
4: okay sick. See that, that puts it into perspective. Yeah. Can so, can we still work if two hundred and fifty people call in sick? I, you would have a hard, you'd be hard-pressed. I don't care what type of company
3: you are exactly. and, that, and that's what you know People are going. Well, why are we worried about this much less people are getting sick? The problem in, that you, you're worrying about is even if your company isn't in the medical profession But I mean start with the medical profession if you have 10,000 people which I think that's at least the number I'm just using that because it's easy to do the math mm-hmm. 10,000 people that work at say at st. Alphonsus or st. Luke's and that would mean that
4: 2,500
3: yeah, are are currently out, not working. And, and that makes it very difficult as a hospital. And if you yeah. make, say you're a company that just makes widgets and you have 100 employees and you have 25 of those employees, how hard is it for you to get your widget from the beginning to the end to getting on a truck and shipped out to, to businesses to sell? It would probably be pretty difficult if 25 people are out, you know, around 25 people are out every okay. day. So,
4: on average, one of the four of us should be home today instead of at work. All
3: right, I volunteer. Goodbye. Well,
4: uh, oh. I also would be willing to make that
3: sacrifice. I, I called dibs first. We can't both be out because then you get you get. Well, you had to interrupt to do it. I was in mid sentence. <laughs>
4: That probably still counts, though.
3: Uh, Dow, stock market yesterday. Another sell-off uh, for the new year. Not off to a great start for the uh, stock market. Um, looking like it's not going to be a great start to your Friday either. either. Um, today, by the way, final um, day for the stock market to be open. They will also be closed on Monday. And right now, we're not looking to get a great start to the day. Dow is currently down two. Hundred points just about an hour ahead of the opening. Phone lines are open 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Remember those numbers. We've got a chance for you to get another pair of tickets this morning for the Air Force game with Boise State at Extra Mile Arena coming up here on Tuesday night. If you'd like to go, stick around. We'll give those away coming up here before the end of the show this morning.
1: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our News Talk KBOI. six thirty
3: four it is open phones friday it 's brought to you by fast eddies on Eagle Road in meridian you 're looking for uh, great prices on gasoline with uh, gas prices as high as they are. You can get yourself up to a dollar and forty cents per gallon off that 's right I said one dollar and forty cents per gallon. Off of every fill-up you want to find out how, get into Fast Eddie's today, and uh, they'll give you all the details. Once again, Fast Eddie's on Eagle Road, uh, bringing you today's Open Phones Friday. If you want to get through, 208-336-3700. Toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. As usual, uh you can also get through... By email, email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at kby.com. Um, You can also send us an instant message to our fan page on Facebook. Or you can text us uh, our text number, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. The
1: Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
5: And off to postseason we go.
3: Playoffs. playoffs. Playoffs? You're talking playoffs? Yeah, the playoffs get underway uh, this weekend. Chris, in the last sports updated, uh, told you about two games tomorrow. Raiders at the Bengals, uh, that's going to be at two thirty. Uh, this is a rematch of the game. The Bengals won 32-13 on the road back in Week 11. Uh, the Patriots will be at the Bills. Uh, then on Saturday evening, two division rivals will be meeting for the third time this season. The Patriots and Bills split their season series with the home team, Losing each time. By the Mm way, um, meteorologists, weather people, are predicting that this will be one of the coldest games ever played in the NFL playoff history. Temperatures at kickoff are expected to be around two degrees. They don't know what the wind chill will be, but there is a possibility that the wind with the wind chill temperatures could fall once again to below zero tomorrow for this meeting on Sunday. Eagles at Buccaneers. 49ers at the Cowboys, Steelers at the Chiefs, and I have to ask you, you'll, you'll, you'll probably know the answer to this question. Has there ever been a Monday night? No playoff game? I didn't think so. I think this is the first one. I, I kind of like it. I mean, it sucks for the team that, yeah. that wins having to play the following week, you get one less extra day to prepare, but I like spreading it out over the uh, you know over the days, especially well, you know now yeah. you have more teams it's in, the, so. in the playoffs.
4: It's, it's, it's better to watch a game when you know you're not missing another one. Cardinals at the
3: Rams will uh, be uh, played on Monday night. I thought that just for fun, let's go ahead and see uh, which one of us are better at picking here. Okay, um, Raiders the Bengals.
4: Uh, I think it'll be the Raiders.
3: I take the Bengals. Uh, Patriots at the Bills. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I am also going to go with the uh, Patriots. Eagles at the Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers. Buccaneers also. Uh, 49ers at the Cowboys. I'm going to
4: say 49ers.
3: I I want to say 49ers too. I'm 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 going to go Cowboys.
4: Okay. I'll, Steel, I'll, I'll let you do that. Steelers at the Chiefs. Chiefs.
3: Uh I agree Chiefs. And then the uh, Cardinals at the Rams. I'm going to go with uh the Rams. I am also going to go with the Rams. So we only have what we have one or two that we disagreed on. Yeah, two I think. Two of them that we disagreed on, so I guess uh, we'll be able to find out then next Tuesday well, which one of us like, is better. It sounded like Dallas, San Francisco. You could have gone
4: either way on that.
3: Yeah, I, I almost want to pick. I mean, there's always upsets, and and I
4: almost wanted to pick that um, as my upset. I do like to see. Let's put it this way. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a an old Redskins fan, which makes me a Washington football team fan for now, and probably a fan of the Admirals or whatever they call themselves by the end of the month. And as such, I don't root for the Cowboys very often. However, when the Redskins are out of the playoffs, which they usually are at Mm -hmm. the end of the regular season, uh, I start rooting for Dallas simply because they have so many old Boise State players.
3: Yeah, I hate rooting for the Cowboys, but I'm the same way. Kellen Moore, you know, is the offensive coordinator. All Mm -hmm. the Boise State players, I'm, I'm the same way. And I absolutely and hate it all those guys I, I i hope they all do well uh by the way i i don't know if this would work but it makes sense with the uh, game in the cold patriots uh and bills game um which is you know at buffalo actually they don't even play in buffalo anymore do they
2: play outside of park, yeah, park yeah Orchard park
3: um <laughs> former nfl linebacker bart scott had a tip for players who want to keep warm in a cold game like this in buffalo yeah um Viagra, take a listen.
6: Circulation, so his toes get cold. And as you know, with your feet.
2: Can I I get your suggestion for him? Josh Allen listening? Can people get this message to him? Viagra. Take some Viagra for the game, baby. Got to put that circulation going right. A lot of NFL players, at least in my day, took Viagra because it opens up the blood vessels. A lot of endurance athletes because Viagra was first uh, a heart medicine, right? So it builds up circulation, which makes sure that it gets the circulation to the feet.
3: I guess it makes sense. It opens up all your blood vessels and capillaries. Would
4: would there be any inconveniences at all?
3: Well, um, most centers say that they would not be for this.
4: I understand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> KPY News Time, 645. <laughs> uh, time for a check. I know that was some sports, um, but there are lots more sports. This update on sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian, the place to go for lunch. Don't forget Clam Chowder Day today. Um, kind of uh, history in the making. New York Yankees are going to be making history. They are set to name Rachel Balkavec as their first and the first female minor league manager in history prior to the 2020 baseball season the New york yankees hired rachel balkovic as one of the first full-time hitting coaches in any big league organization balkovic who is 34 years old set to become the manager of the yankees low a tampa tarpons Hmm. according to a report by the uh athletics lindsey alder balkovic joined the yankees in november of 2020 um, Lawson uh, promoted, Dylan Lawson, who, by the way, was the uh, organization's hitting coordinator, promoted her to Yankees batting coach last month. College softball player at both Creighton University and New Mexico, Bakovec uh, worked as strength and conditioning coach in the St. Louis Cardinals and Houston Astros organization and has spent a decade in organized baseball. Who knew? She is believed to be the first female at- manager ever in affiliated baseball. Um, once this becomes official, of course, yeah. it's not going to become official because uh, there's a lockout going with Major League Baseball well, as of right now. But not Minor League Baseball. No.
4: Um, during o- the tw- Oddly enough, the players are in a different union.
3: During the 2021 season, Bakovic, uh was based in Tampa, Florida as a Yankees Minor League hitting instructor. So
4: looking like she has quite a bit of experience in the Major Leagues. i got to tell you, Tampa Tarpons is not a name I ever would have okayed. <laughs> Sounds a little bit too much like something else, right? What is a tarpon? I mean,
3: I know you put tarp on. Well, generally, takes. is yeah. it a fish?
4: Generally, the ground before you put the tent up, <laughs> I would say. Yeah.
3: I think tarpon is a fish, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. So, yeah. That's your, uh, sports update, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Those are our phone numbers. Uh, we'll take a break coming up. We've got a $50 gift certificate also on the way for you, uh, here this morning to give away for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. We'll give you the question coming up here, uh, on the way in about 10 minutes. Stick around.
1: Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
3: Uh, by the way, I just realized since you and I only have two games that we picked that weren't the same, we mm-hmm. may need a, a uh, tiebreaker uh, here. So okay. uh, give the total points. 49ers at the Cowboys since that's one of the games total points. we both picked. Differently, Um, total points scored. 40. I'm going to go with 51. Okay. All right. That'll be our tiebreaker there. We'll check in on Tuesday uh, to find out which one of us was better at uh, picking (laughs) once again for the uh, big games this weekend, which start tomorrow.
4: Watch them score exactly 45 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) If that, that would make history, wouldn't it? it They scored 45 and a half points. I believe it would be the first football game.
3: Ever with a half a point? Yeah. Although the way the Raiders-Chargers game was going last week... It wouldn't have surprised me if that game ended up, you know, with by, a half with a one point. team scoring. winning by a half. Yeah. Point, yeah. <laughs> uh, also on the way for you this morning, um, we've got tickets to the Boise State game coming up uh, next Tuesday night against Air Force, the only home game that they have uh, over about a two week schedule. So we'll have tickets if you'd like to go see them play at home. If they win at New Mexico coming up on Saturday, they will be going for a 10 10- Game win streak. Stick around; we'll have tickets uh, to that to give away. Plus, we've got a fifty dollars gift certificate to Blaze Pizza this morning for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silver Hawk Realty. Uh, fifty dollars that will definitely feed uh, a decent family of four with probably leftovers for you and great or pizza. Even a rude family. Um, and they have locations across the Treasure Valley. If you win our question today, at the age of thirty-five, this was the youngest person. To ever win the Nobel Peace Prize at that time. All right, that record has been broken since then. I think the youngest is around seventeen now. Uh, I'll give you his first name, Michael. All right. If you know the answer, stick around. 820, you have a chance to win.
1: Tonight at ten, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
3: Dow down a little more in futures trading, 262 points in the uh, red. So far this morning, we'll be talking with Jeremiah Bates about your money. Find out what's going on. That'll be here in about 15 minutes. As of last week, more than one out of four people tested in Idaho, tested positive for COVID-19. Idaho's testing positivity rate jumped to 25.7% for the week of January 2nd to the 8th, the highest statewide figure during the pandemic, and another indicator of just how fast Omicron Omicron has uh, been spreading here in the state. The new positivity data, which is reported nearly a week later, was posted on the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare's COVID-19 dashboard yesterday. Highest weekly positivity rate seen during the fall of 2020, when it was at its highest, was 19.1%. That was the week of November 15th. As recently as December 12th. The positivity rate was only 5.5%. Wow. So this has really increased at a very mm-hmm. fast rate. Case rates uh, have also skyrocketed recently to the point that local public health investigators have a backlog now of about 18,000 unprossed positive samples as of yesterday. Dr. Kathleen Turner, state epidemiologist explains why we have such a a backlog, what goes into investigating those cases. Take a listen.
6: Once we receive a positive lab result, the local public health district disease investigators verify the person's residence in Idaho, they attempt to contact each person to conduct a case investigation, and at a minimum they will ask them about, um, you know, the course of their illness, whether or not they're even ill um their vaccination history identify any context that might have been exposed that sort of thing our state-level data systems are integrated so the investigator can electronically import vaccination records directly from our immunization system into our case record and then they enter any data that they have been able to collect um, either from a medical record or from a case investigation with an individual or from the lab um, the lab result Uh, the local public health districts submit those case investigations to the state for inclusion in our case data as soon as they are able to verify residents in Idaho even if they have not been able to complete a full investigation um, they haven't been able to contact anyone but as you can imagine it can take anywhere from moments to minutes for each of those investigations (laughs) with about 3,000 positive results that um, Idaho public health districts are having to manage every day it is exceedingly difficult to turn those investigations around within 24 hours and for that reason some of our public health districts have been unable to keep up with the recent volume of laboratory results so for that reason we are publishing the number of pending lab results to provide some context to our incidents data that um, are all summarized on our dashboard and i'm going to take the time to display a visual that will help you um, see what our case counts might look like if we were not at the point where we're getting so many lab results that we're unable to process them all within 24 hours.
3: I didn't know that that much went into the investigations, finding out, you know, whether you are actually a resident of the state, which is kind of a good thing because, you know, you don't want people who are non-residents to <laughs> be Gee, counted, a... counted for, uh, you know, the state positivity rate. There, there There's a... Um... A practice that
4: could be used in other things as well. By the way,
3: what's she said? It can take between moments
4: and minutes. What's the difference between yeah, a moment and a minute? I was going to say that's <laughs> the first time I've ever heard anybody say that. It kind of made me laugh when I heard that. It yeah. can take anywhere from moments to minutes. By the way, how many, um, how many, how many minutes? Nearly a thousand.
3: All positive test samples uh, genomically sequenced by Health and Welfare in recent weeks have been the Omicron variant, which suggests that the new variant has now pretty much overtaken Delta in Idaho. While COVID-19 hospitalizations in Idaho have climbed steadily in recent days, there are not near where they were last fall when Idaho activated crisis standards of care for Idaho hospitals to allow them to ration care if necessary. So that's good news. Um, research so far shows Omicron more transmissible but causes less severe illness than Delta in most people. In recent days, Dr. Stephen Nemerson, chief clinical officer for Saint Alphonse's Health System, called Omicron among the most contagious viruses ever known to man. Gotcha. Now, I, I and I know we've 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 had people call into the show and write into the show and say, "Why are we, you know, making such a big deal? You know, if Omicron is showing that it's it's much less severe as far as illness, you know, side effects uh, causes much less deaths." Um, I, I think you're you're seeing that as of right now because it's affecting Idaho differently than what Delta did. Delta, you had so many people that were overrunning different hospitals through the state, ICUs and things like that. You don't have that going on. Now we have a different problem. There are so many people sick at the same time that the people who would be waiting on you at hospitals, doctor, are, are, are doctors are, busy. are needed are are out because they're sick Mm um my my daughter got a a view of this last night she um had to go to the emergency room last night for stomach pain and she sat there for two hours in pain in pain yeah at a time when you wouldn't expect um you know an emergency room to be overly super busy you know at nighttime um early in the evening but this just goes to show that it's, it's affecting our hospitals differently. Yes, they're not being overrun. Unfortunately, there's just not enough people um, to wait on you if you do go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. St. Luke's Health System, 14-day average positivity rate for hospital patients as of Thursday was 24%. St. Al's, 33%. Wow. Um, between January 3rd and January 12th, Primary Health Medical Group had a test positivity rate of 38%. On Monday... Nearly a sixth of primary health employees were unable to work because they had tested positive or were showing symptoms and were waiting on their own test results. At least seven of the group's clinics have been clo- have seen closures in recent days. On uh, Thursday, this was yesterday, the group's website showed two urgent care clinics, one in downtown Boise, one in Caldwell, would be closed through January 23rd. Clinics in Eagle and Meridian were scheduled to be closed uh, today. All primary health locations have begun closing at 7 p.m., uh, which is an hour earlier than normal, so mm-hmm. that employees have time to finish up their work for the day, and they're not sitting there stuck until nine ten o'clock at night before they can leave to go home. KBOI news time is seven uh, fourteen two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, it is open phones Friday. Um, we can talk about uh, COVID. We can talk about uh, the tough day that President Biden had yesterday. The Supreme Court ruling that uh, mandates for vaccines for employers with over 100 employees was struck down. as unconstitutional. Um, We can talk about that or something completely off-topic that you want to talk about. That's what Open Phones Friday is all about. Go ahead and give us a call. We'll uh, talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in just a couple minutes uh, about what's going on with the stock market today. Down over 250 points. Right now, though, time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning with chris it's brought to you by fat guys fresh deli meridian the place to go for lunch and uh, fridays especially that place to go because it's clam chowder day ladies and gentlemen the best clam chowder you're going to find at the number one rated deli in the state of idaho find out why they are rated number one get in today for lunch
4: the houston texans need a new head coach they fired david cully after only one season yesterday and a record of four wins and 13 losses those mentioned as likely candidates include recently fired Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, New England offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels, and Tampa Bay offensive coordinator and former NFL quarterback Byron Leftwich.
3: Do you surprised by that one a little bit? Only only one year, especially as well as they played toward the end of the season with a crappy quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was like, what and. This just gives a perfect example, you know. Brian Flores being fired with as good as the last half of the season went. Yeah, they had like a winning streak yeah. at the end, and and I think they won seven of or eight of nine games. I think towards the end of the season, and then you have a a, a team that didn't have a, a quarterback to speak of and played very well towards the end of the season. Only one season, him fired. That that you see franchises like that mm-hmm. who make changes like that and you go well that's why every year they have one of the top 10 draft picks no con- in the nfl
4: <laughs> but it's not that they have no consistency it's that they're just cons- consistently Consist- lousy yeah there now, you go novak djokovic's visa was revoked for the second time wow. this morning by the australian government it was first revoked last week at the melbourne airport because djokovic refuses to get a covid vaccination and Australia is somewhat hardcore about that. Then a judge ruled a procedural error was made when revoking it. So the uh, visa was then reinstated. And then Australia's immigration minister immediately <laughs> revoked it again because he could. Djokovic is attempting to compete in the Australian Open, for which uh, play actually began five days ago. He's got an upcoming match scheduled, and uh, if, if they, right now they won't let him out of quarantine.
3: Just a crazy story. Now he has appealed, so who knows? Maybe he'll get back to
1: be able to play.
3: How how much would it suck? Well, it, he it, plays and wins one, and they say, "Oh no! Now we're now we're yeah, deporting you." Exactly. KBY News Time seven seventeen
1: for the morning market report
0: powered by CapEd credit union
1: keeping you informed about your money before the market opens sponsored by tree city advisors on news talk kboi boise Seven twenty-two. time
3: to talk about uh, your money as we head into the weekend final trading day before next tuesday and looking like it's not going to get off to a uh, fantastic start this morning As of right now, eight minutes ahead of the opening. Dow is down 255 points. Um, Does this have anything to do with the uh, retail sales being released this morning, or is this something else?
7: Yeah, it's it's a combination of kind of all of it. it. It's a combination of the hot inflation data that we received this week. Uh, in addition to retail sales, however, it, it, you pierce back that headline it 's really not as bad as it looks like, and we 'll we'll get into that but additionally you, we had our first round of earnings reported from the big banks yeah j p morgan Citigroup, wells Fargo and while j p Morgan did beat expectations it their shares are falling, which is weighing down on the Dow Jones industrial Average, which was similar with Citigroup because. Their certain pockets of their revenues are down and they have rising costs to compensation, higher expenses across the board. Uh, Citigroup showed some weakness in its consumer banking unit. So we're seeing those way down on these broader markets. So wouldn't
3: increase in interest rates. And we're hearing there are three, at least three of maybe four. Wouldn't that be good for banks?
7: Yeah, no, certainly, which in the past, like over the past two weeks, when the, this inf- inflation conversation has been happening, we've seen the larger banks like JP Morgan, Citigroup, or Wells Fargo, those have performed quite well. But it, remember, the market's forward looking. I mean, they're going to look at that point and say, great, let, let's adjust it accordingly. Earnings comes out. They pierce back those earnings. They see what is sustainable moving forward. And what they're really seeing is, hey, the increased compensation that they need to pay or these weaknesses that they have can these earnings keep pace and the markets basically saying no we're seeing that reflect today Um, however if when interest rates continue to rise that conversation could turn I still think financials if you're looking for a value play meaning trying to find a stock that isn't really expensive compared to its earnings banks are still looking quite attractive in my opinion now if we're looking at the retail sales it did show a decline in December all the headlines are gonna say it was unexpected let's be realistic here. Omicron was in full force in December. Uh, retail sales were up. We saw a burst in spending in the fall, Thinking, uh, looking at October, November. Consumers were worried about availability of items due to supply chain issues. They were worried about the cost. So a lot of... The retail sales, we usually see a bump in December. A lot of that was just moved forward earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. And not to mention, if you look at retail sales year over year, it rose by over 19%. Americans spent more than $1.2 trillion more in 2021 than in 2020. Spending was also up in 2019. So the consumer still looks strong. And the reason why these numbers are important, consumer spending makes up about 69% of the roughly $23 trillion U.S. economy. So that's why, you know, these numbers are important, but looking at the month over month, you got to be a little, the context is important behind it.
3: All right. uh, We will talk to you next Tuesday, uh, Monday, uh, we have off, so we're going to give you the day off, too. I don't know if you have it off for your your regular job or not. Markets are closed, so uh,
7: Jeremiah's closed. All right. Day as well.
3: (laughs) We we will talk to you next Tuesday. Have yourself a great weekend. And, of course, uh, we'll get an update on what's going to be going on with the opening of the uh, stock market here coming up in about five minutes. See if we stick right where we are at right now. As of of now, the Dow is down over 250 points. Have yourself a great weekend, Jeremiah.
7: Thanks, gents. Likewise. (laughs)
1: Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI.
3: 733, thanks for listening in and uh, being a part of the show. You can even be more of a part of the show by taking part by calling us up 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is open phones Friday. We'll talk about whatever you want to uh, talk about. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at com. We talked a little bit about the uh, football games coming up this coming weekend. Uh, super, um, what are they calling this thing, the uh, Super Playoff Round, because you've got all the teams playing with the exception of the two teams that uh, have a bye. Mm-hmm. If you are a betting person, um, I would say stay away from the uh, Steelers, betting on the Steelers to win. Even Ben Roethlisberger... Admits that his Steelers don't have a chance against the Chiefs this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I mean we're
5: probably twenty point underdogs, and we're going to the number one te- the number one team. That I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years. Arguably the best team in football. We don't have a chance, so <laughs> let's just go in and play and have fun.
3: <laughs> we don't have a chance. We're just going to show up. We're going to have fun. We're going to call it a day.
4: I I bet they're going to put a little more effort into it than. That.
3: Well, I hope I hope so.
4: I got good news for you. (laughs) You do? Uh, The season five premiere of Yellowstone is coming in May.
3: Oh, I hope that's true. It is. Because I had to wait 18 months for the last one from season three to uh, season
4: four. Oh, actually, (laughs) production resumes in May. It'll See? show up about September. <laughs> it's not
3: near as good. Yeah, I, like, I, I misread yes!
4: that. Uh, yes! well, I, I saw the headline. It says, uh, Yellowstone coming back in May. Yeah, to the set. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, the only group of
3: people in Las Vegas happier than the Raiders after Sunday's 35-32 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers were the odds maker down the street mm-hmm. who were seconds away from having to pay out over a billion dollars really industry insiders uh, said that uh, public winnings on a tie between the AFC rivals would have exceeded one billion dollars across all books and there was even more payouts because there were apparently a bunch of people that made a parlay bet Um, and as we all know the Raiders kicked a game-winning field goal as time expired and avoided uh, catastrophe across the betting markets but we also know that at one point before a timeout was called by San Diego, they were going for the tie. Mm-hmm. They were just going to be happy with the tie, knowing that they were going to the be, be going to the playoffs. Um, instead, Chargers called timeout, and they changed that and ended up winning the game. Going into Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, upset the Indianapolis Colts, set up the situation then for Sunday Night Football where the Chargers and Raiders would both <laughs> reach the postseason with a tie. The odds were long to begin with, 12,000 to 1. But some bettors found a way to make it even more astronomical. On FanDuel, for example, some bettors noticed that by using a single-game parlay, they could combine bets of a tie between the Raiders and the Chargers for odds of 22,348-1 to before adding on a Jaguars Moneyline victory at plus 730. The result was a three-leg parlay with odds of of 108 plus 186,223 or in simple terms I'm, a Jacksonville win combined with a tie between Las Vegas and Los Angeles would have paid out $186,223 on a $100 bet and apparently there were a lot of people
4: who had laid down that parlay wow. by the way uh, uh, I was just looking up just now because all that information was over my head well, like I said, it, it would have cost, it's very simple, it would have cost
3: $1 billion across all betting mm-hmm. companies who were taking bets, because Jacksonville won, first of all, at huge odds against the Colts, and it really looked like until that last second field goal um, that it was going to end, the game was going to end in a tie. A billion. Um, a Agreed. billion with a B, they would have had to pay out. That would have hurt, although... They make so much money, it wouldn't have made yeah, that true. much of a difference, I'm guessing.
4: The house doesn't lose very often.
3: News Time, 737.
0: Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 743, it is. Open phones
3: Friday, 208-336-3700. Pound 670, if you have a Verizon wireless, one eight hundred five two nine five two six four. That's toll free from wherever you might be listening. Uh, email uh, in from Jan says, name calling and quoting from whomever without fact checking seems to be what is the new norm these days. If I don't agree with you, I'll just call you an idiot. I would like to talk to their mothers. I don't agree with the two of you most of the time, but you don't call me an idiot and I don't call you an idiot. I think... Uh, that should be opening uh, Miss Manners School for everybody. That's Jan in Boise. You
4: John, know, it, it, that kind of is true. Just a,
3: man, especially on on yeah. social media, you see it so often. If two people don't agree, it finally gets down in you know to
4: name calling. What I see on Twitter all the time is if you don't agree uh, politically, mm-hmm. then, then the other one is
3: evil. Yeah, that, that's another one that you see quite often. And I, I mean here there are a lot of people that disagree with our opinions here on the radio and that's perfectly fine. I mean, open, vigorous and respectful conversation should happen. I think a lot of people forget the respectful, Mm -hmm. you know, part of that, um, you know, and, and, you, you, we we encourage people that don't agree. I mean, we read everybody's email here as long as you're respectful, whether you agree with us or disagree with us and or not. As
4: long as we don't run out of time. Yeah,
3: um, that sometimes happened. But there, yeah, there, I there, John, there are, I, agree, I totally agree with
4: you. There are two or three people who uh, they they always email, but they always email at like five minutes to ten every day, <laughs> and then say, why, and don't then, yeah, yeah, "Why don't you ever read my email? Why don't you ever read my email?" Well. I'm, I'm just saying you might want to get it in slightly before that. Yeah. Because at 5 minutes to 10, we have 50 seconds left. Exactly. Uh, John writes in and says, good news from bad news. On the Rona virus, this is how a virus survives. It mutates and becomes less lethal with each mutation. If it mutated and became more lethal each time, it would run out of hosts to survive and burn itself out. My prediction is within a year, it'll be a non-issue and be in the common cold category for the vast majority of the population. I hope you are correct, John.
3: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what happened. Remember when hemorrhagic fever was going on in, in Africa?
4: Um, yeah, I was kind of glad that didn't come here. Yeah,
3: and people were so worried about it, um, you know, coming here or spreading, but it was such a good killer that it killed all of its hosts before it could spread. And I know that's horrible sounding. But it's also good because yeah. it didn't
4: spread it's and like kill the, everybody. It's like the Terminator. It won and destroyed itself. Yeah. KBY
3: Newstime, 745. Time for a uh, final check on sports for you this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Um, the place to go if uh, you want to get yourself a great lunch. Once again, uh, get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli. They're just off Wells Avenue in Meridian. Um, the the uh, Bronco <laughs> women were in... Uh, Las Vegas last night to uh, have a game. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't end up for uh, the uh, good guys if you're a Broncos fan.
1: The Broncos have won eight straight after Wednesday's 85-70 victory at Nevada.
3: Let's try uh, uh, this one instead.
1: It was a rough night for the Broncos, who started slowly trailing 16-5 to after the first quarter. UNLV held Boise State to just 1-for-10 shooting in the opening period and Coach Presnell said that was the difference. They came out really on fire, uh, not offensively,
2: uh, UNLV, but on, on fire defensively, and they just took us out of everything, and we weren't competitive enough to uh, uh, you know, rise up and play at the level they played at in the first
1: quarter, and, and then they just kind of built on it. Broncos had no players in double figures in the game. Saturday, they'll be at San Diego State, and you can hear the game at 2 on 670 KBOI. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI.
3: Once again, uh, the men's team also plays on Saturday. They will play Saturday night against New Mexico at the Pitts in New Mexico. And once again, you'll also be able to hear that game on 670 KBOI.
1: Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 753, he's
3: Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper, 208 336 3700. It is open phones Friday. Uh, had a story out of LA that just drives the point home of a story we talked about earlier this week and problems that we're having in Idaho. Uh, the American Red Cross is not just asking or urging, they're now begging people to donate blood because in a lot of cases they have less than uh, one day supply. Mm-hmm of blood in some areas a los angeles trauma center closed to new patients this week as a result of blood supply shortages according to the county's department of health services los angeles county department of health services confirmed it had shut down the trauma center at harbor ucla medical center for a few hours the trauma center had to ask other hospitals in the area for blood before that they could reopen it was the first time in over three decades that the trauma center was forced to close to new patients the uh Director of Health Services Department said that unless we see an immediate reprioritizing of the current blood supply by Southern California blood blood banks so that the available supply is prioritized for distribution, uh, we're going to see trauma centers having to close more frequently and for longer periods of time in coming weeks. The American Red Cross said at the time that it had less than a one-day supply of critical blood types and had to limit distributions to hospitals yeah. at times as much as one quarter of hospital blood needs
4: are not you, being met. Can you imagine being in an accident? You're rush, you rushed to the uh, trauma center and are told that you've lost a lot of blood. Unfortunately, we don't have any to replace it mm-hmm. right now. Too bad you came here. Yeah. Uh, and that, um, that's what you're seeing
3: happening. So once again, cannot reiterate enough. Um, and this is going on, the blood shortage is going on across the country um, and here in Idaho. Um Even the Idaho American Red Cross has put out the uh, urge for blood needs. If you, once again, um, have given blood and would like to do so again or feel that you can do so, maybe you've never given blood in your life, but here's your chance to do it. Um, Find out how. Go to redcross.org. They are also looking for volunteers to help them with their blood donations. So if you'd like to uh, volunteer your time, you can do that by going uh, to redcross.org. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, we still have those tickets. Once again, Boise State taking on uh, Air Force on the way next Tuesday night. We'll have those tickets coming up here before 10 o'clock. Uh, today is uh, Senate day with the Idaho Legislature on the way for you uh, a little bit later here in about uh, 45 minutes or so. We'll be talking for the first time in the 2022 legislative session to Idaho Senators. Uh, We'll find out uh, what's going on uh, as far as we get underway. Um, They got off to a fast start with... uh, I don't remember this happening too often um, in the very first few days of the legislature, mm-hmm. new new laws being introduced. Usually it takes a week or two um, to uh, start doing that, but um, they did that this week. So um, we'll get to that coming up here on the way in about 45 minutes. Plus, it is Open Phones Friday, as I mentioned. Anything you want to talk about, it's your chance to get in and talk to us today here on News Talk KBOI.
0: Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: Uh, email in Mike uh, from uh, Robin, Mike at KBOI.com. Mike, you were talking earlier this week about how you get so much sicker than your wife does when you get sick. My husband is the same way. He claims he's on his deathbed every time he sneezes. <laughs> is is that true for do do you claim to your wife that you get way more sick than she does when you guys get like no, the same maladies? No. Um, I
4: don't um, think we really
3: compare much. I know I get way sicker than my wife does. She doesn't believe me, but but
4: I do. John wrote back and said uh okay, I do use idiotic thinking to describe people, but I can change to critical thinking challenged. <laughs> That works for me.
3: Yeah, it's it's a little bit better. Not a whole lot, but it at least it or, is a little bit better. Yeah, critically challenged. On the way in 20 minutes, we have a chance for you to get a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. This is a very popular pizza place with uh, locations across the Treasure Valley. We do our half-price deals on this, uh, sweet deals from time to time, and uh, they always sell out. We've got a $50 gift certificate that you can uh, win. If you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, don't call us now. It's coming up in 20 minutes. At the age of 35, this was the youngest person to ever win the Nobel Peace Prize at that time. Who is it? By the way, I'll give you a hint. His first name is Michael. If you know the answer, stick around. 20 minutes from now, you can win that pizza gift certificate.
0: Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First, say Alexa. Enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say Alexa. Open 670 KBOI.
1: Now, back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: The uh, stock market has been open now for about uh, 36 minutes. Dow down 167 points. Uh, As a matter of fact, all the uh, index, take that back, NASDAQ is up 27 points. Um, The uh, Standard & Poor and uh, Dow both down as of right now after the sell-off. As a matter of fact, all three indexes are in the red for the uh, year. Not off to a good start for the year so far in 2022. But it's early. Things Mm -hmm.
4: can change. That's true.
3: Uh, Joe Biden has to be hoping that things change. Man, he had a horrible day yesterday. First off, uh, the Supreme Court shot down his vaccine mandate. So that's pretty much dead. And then uh, later in the day, U.S. Senator uh, Kristen Cinema sent liberals into a rage after dealing a fatal blow to Joe Biden's effort to bypass the filibuster. In a speech on the Senate floor, Cinema reminded Democrats about the last time they bypassed the uh, filibuster to get judicial nominees passed. Republicans ultimately ended up doing the same to get the Supreme Court nominees through when they got the power back in the Senate. Additionally, Cinema uh, said removing the filibuster would not guarantee that we prevent demagogues from being elected and that getting rid of it would merely be treating the symptom of partisanship and not the underlying problem. Take a listen.
8: Senators of both parties have offered ideas, including some that would earn my support, to make this body more productive, more deliberative, more responsive to Americans' needs, and a place of genuine debate about our country's pressing issues. And while this week's harried discussions about Senate rules are but a poor substitute for what I believe could have and should have been a thoughtful public debate at any time over the past year, such a discussion is still a worthy goal. But a discussion of rules falls short of what is required. American politics are cyclical, and the granting of power in Washington, DC, is exchanged regularly by the voters from one party to another. This shift of power back and forth means the Senate 60's vote threshold has proved maddening to members of both political parties in recent years, viewed either as a weapon of obstruction or a safety net to save the country from radical policies, depending on whether you serve in the majority or the minority. But what is the legislative filibuster other than a tool that requires new federal policy to be broadly supported by senators, representing a broader cross-section of Americans, a guardrail, inevitably viewed as an obstacle by whoever holds the Senate majority, but which in reality ensures that millions of Americans represented by the minority party have a voice in the process. Demands to eliminate this threshold from whichever party holds the fleeting majority amount to a group of people separated on two sides of a canyon, shouting that solution to their colleagues. And that makes the rift both wider and deeper. The 2013 decision by Senate Democrats To eliminate the 60-vote threshold for most judicial and presidential nominations led directly to a response in 2017 by Senate Republicans who eliminated the threshold for Supreme Court nominees. These short-sighted actions by both parties have led to our current American judiciary and Supreme Court, which as I stand here today is considering questions regarding fundamental rights Americans have enjoyed for decades. Eliminating the 60-vote threshold on a party line with the thinnest of possible majorities to pass these bills that I support will not guarantee that we prevent demagogues from winning office. Indeed, some who undermine the principles of democracy have already been elected. Rather, eliminating the 60-vote threshold will simply guarantee that we lose a critical tool that we need to safeguard our democracy from threats in the years to come.
3: Once again, that's U.S. Senate uh, Senator Kristen Senema yesterday in uh, front of the Senate. Now, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer earlier this week said that he was going to call for a vote and uh, make... People on the record vote against mm-hmm. if they didn't want the filibuster um, pretty much that uh, put a stop to putting a vote because she put on the record uh, in Congress yesterday in the Senate yesterday saying I will not vote for it so um, Schumer probably would have looked pretty dumb by calling for a vote after she'd already said it um, also Senator Manchin has also um, on the record said that he does not support getting rid of the filibuster. It only takes one because it's a 50-50 tie. So they need all 50 Democrats and then the vice president, the vice president um, would he have to ties. yeah cast the uh, final vote. So with her going on the record yesterday saying even though she supports the bills that the Democrats want to introduce, she said she's not going to support getting rid of the filibuster. And... Chuck Schumer has even said in the past when this had come up that he is not in favor of getting rid of the filibuster, except in this particular instance, Um, he wants to pass certain bills that he's in Mm -hmm. favor of and that the Democrats are in favor of. So it's okay to get rid of the filibuster for that, just not for anything else. And once again, we've talked about this. My, My opinion, if you want to get rid of the filibuster and you can come up and do it in a bipartisan way with... Democrats and Republicans coming together and say, just have a discussion on the filibuster. Getting rid of the filibuster just so you can pass a bill that you can't pass on your own seems, once again, short-sighted. And the senator gave you a couple of reasons why it seems short-sighted, because mm-hmm. it's worked against them in the past.
4: It'll, it'll work against anybody who's in the minority. Yeah. If, if I, mean, and, yeah and, and, I mean, it could come as soon as... So the, the moral there. <laughs> don't be in the minority.
3: And, and it swings back and forth. I mean, you, you just look, we we had a completely different look at Congress and the presidency um, just a few short years ago, mm-hmm. right? When sure. Republicans had control of everything, just like Democrats do um, right now. How long is it
4: going to last? Hard to say. It's always surprising uh, when one party, either one really, holds uh, the Senate, the House, and the presidency How? how little actually gets done yeah is it
3: you would think there would be a lot get done right i, I like, thought the like, same thing know, pass a bill every afternoon but, yeah but they don't do that uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Speaking of uh, passing bills, uh, we're going to be talking with the Senate coming up now. That the legislature is back in session and uh, we've got some bills introduced. Nothing I don't believe has been passed so far, but we'll find out. We'll be talking with Democratic Senator Michelle Stennett of uh, District 26 in Ketchum and also Republican Senate President, President Pro Temp. Uh, Chuck Winder will be with us, District 20 here in Boise. Uh, We'll be doing that coming up here in just about 15, 20 minutes from right now. When we come back after Bronco Sports today, we've got a $50 gift certificate to give away to Blaze Pizza with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. But as I said, that will be coming up right after Bronco Sports today.
1: Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. $50 gifts to make it to Blaze Pizza is what we have uh, for our question today, if you can answer it. And uh, Ryan is going to get first crack at it. Ryan, at the age of 35, this was the youngest person to ever win the Nobel Peace Prize at that time. Who is it?
9: Martin Luther King, Jr.
10: But it, his first name was actually Michael King, Jr. It right.
4: is. Congratulations. His, his father was, right. of course... Of Martin Luther King, but he was originally Michael King, and uh, his church, the Baptist Church, sent him to Europe to a convention, and he got to know more about Martin Luther while he was in Germany, and did not like the Nazis, and so decided to change his name to Martin Luther King, and at the same time changed his son's name to Martin Luther King Jr. There you go.
11: Yeah,
4: uh, we well, learn you really learn cool. you, you something new every day by listening to uh,
3: News Talk KBOI, and some people by listening also get themselves free stuff, and you got yourself. <laughs> gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Hold on the line, uh, Ryan, and we'll get some information from you. Uh, Congratulations to all of our winners this week. We're not done with the winning, by the way. Still on the way before 10 o'clock. You have a chance to go to the game next Tuesday night. Uh, This is, gosh, in in about... I'm trying to think here. It's at least three weeks, right, since we've had a home game at Extra Mile yeah, Arena I think, I with the so.
4: cancellations and everything? Not sure exactly how many days, but around that.
3: Yeah, and there. this is the only home game that will be through next week. All the other games next week are going to be on the road. So um, you have a chance to go see this game. Um, they're looking really good, and if they win this weekend, they'll be going for a 10-game win streak against Air Force. We'll have a chance for you to win those tickets still on the way this morning. Be ready to call when we give you that cue to call at 208 336 3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We're going to take a break. News coming up at the bottom of the hour, then we're going to be talking with Idaho legislators to find out first week of the session uh which ends today, began Monday, uh what's going on? What are the plans? What are their thoughts? We're going to be talking with Senator Michelle Stennett, District 26 in Ketchum, Ketchum and also uh Republican Senate President Pro Temp Uh, Chuck Winder will also be with us, District 20 in Boise. That's on the way here in about 12 minutes on News Talk KBOI.
1: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI.
3: Mike Casper for Budget Blinds and Inspired Drapes, and as we are headed into the new year, Budget Blinds has some great savings for you to take advantage of right now. Check it out. Right now, you can get 25% off their exclusive Enlightened-style window coverings, including cell shades, wood and faux wood blinds, roller shades, Roman shades, vertical blinds. Right now, check it out. Mike Casper for Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Berkshire Hathaway, uh, has... Over seventy realtors crossed Treasure Valley, five locations ready to help you, including downtown Boise corner of Capitol Myrtle, Caldwell, Parma, Fruitland, and even Ontario, Oregon. They have you covered everywhere in the treasure valley i 've heard and you 've probably heard too that the real estate market is cooling off, however, even though it 's cooling off, Idaho and especially the Treasure Valley expected to be the second most active market in the nation behind Utah so It is still extremely competitive, and that's why it's important to hire a professional to make sure that you get the dream home that you're looking for. If you have interest in selling, buying, maybe you have interest in selling some farmland, development property, or you'd like to invest, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty can help. If you're thinking of purchasing property outside the United States, their local in-house global ambassador can help guide you in finding the great opportunities and aligning you with the right real estate professionals in those countries to help make your experience easy all you have to do just call 208-888-4128 that's 208-888-4128 berkshire hathaway home services silverhawk realty
1: 670 kboi covers the idaho legislature all of the issues all of the debates today we have idaho state senators joining casper and chris on 670 kboi
3: 838, and on the phone with us this morning, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. On the phone, Democratic Senator Michelle Stennett of District 26 in Ketchum. She is the Senate Minority Leader, member of Senate Health and Welfare Committee, Resources and Environment Committee, and State Affairs Committee. Uh, Senator, thanks for being with us for a few minutes this morning. Thank you,
9: gentlemen.
3: Good morning. Good morning to you. Let's start things off. Week number one. are any surprises to you this week? As uh, It seems like pretty much the legislature hit the ground running for the first week, more so than uh, usual.
12: Well, gratefully, hopefully we can do this efficiently and quickly this year. <laughs> that would be nice, <laughs> wouldn't it? It would be nice. It would be a great savings to the taxpayers. Um, yes, I, we have been uh, uh, quick to uh, hit the ground. We have a lot of... Uh, Fortunately, a lot of resources, uh, the people's money to try to do um, some really uh, overdue, needed um, infrastructure things with it. And so we're working hard to make sure that we move through that and uh, get some good policy done.
4: Ideally, how much money should the legislature be dedicating to the state's infrastructure this year?
12: well you we are um uh, again one of the top states in the revenue partly due to our growth and um and uh, having made some smart choices but we are sitting on nearly 3 billion dollars worth of of surplus and i use surplus uh with hesitation because it is taxes that the people have put into the system and we should be doing the best uh work with it that that will benefit and positively have uh, infrastructure repairs to the greatest amount of Idahoans. So, as you've probably heard, the governor talked about um, needing to put it into transportation and roads and bridges. Um, I would argue that more needs to go into uh, our schools. Um, we obviously have new people moving in, so we have antiquated uh, uh uh, grids in water sewer electrical grids and um, of course our railroads our roads our bridges that all need to be repaired but also new infrastructure um new building that we need to uh, also install in order to meet with the demand so there are a lot of moving parts to it um, and they're not inexpensive uh, replacements and new installments, so we I think that we should keep some of it into, and we have quite a healthy um, balance in our rainy day funds and our savings. but this is a one time opportunity to take care of stuff that we haven 't looked at in decades that is a public health and safety benefit
3: now the governor in his uh, state of state uh, the state of state address on Monday had said that his priorities were education, um, infrastructure, and returning. Taxes to uh taxpayers in the state in the form of rebates and and also tax cuts um, how to how do you and uh, other senators democratic senators line up with the priorities that he had laid out this week uh, give us what you agree with what what you disagree with
12: Many of us agree with the basis of what the governor is spoken about. Well, probably all 105 of us have some idea differently about how much money should be allocated where. <laughs> and uh, that would be the nature of how the legislature operates. Um, I personally, um, I've been speaking with my colleagues on both sides of the aisle in both houses, and I keep asking them, have you had any of your um, constituents call you up clamoring that they're spending too much on income tax? And how many of them have actually been calling you about property tax relief? And really, very few people have heard anything from Idahoans about feeling like they need an income tax uh, rebate. And really, most everybody wants to, to talk about how bad the roads and bridges are and how, um, how much they want to get property tax relief, which really the governor didn't address, and housing, which he really didn't address. And so uh, in my mind, I think that um, as I understand it, A $600 million um, rebate to folks when the ones that need it the most may only receive a $75 rebate check would probably be better served if we were doing something along the lines of paying off the debt that schools have in levies and bonds for the same amount of money. And then every property owner would be getting hundreds of dollars back back by not paying those into the taxes of the bonds and levies on local governments. That seems a little more efficient and better bang for your buck for an individual who is paying these high property taxes. But uh, also, too, we have 2000 bridges that the Idaho Transportation Department has determined are unfit to travel on. Either they've timed out or they are in disrepair. That is a public safety issue and school buses are being detoured around them and commerce can't go over them. Um, And the amount of money that the governor's put aside for it is a drop in the bucket of what it takes to replace bridges. And so. Um, We'll probably argue about where the placement of those dollars are and where the best need fits. And like I said, it's always the details that we'll probably squabble over.
4: Are there any bills that are going to be uh, introduced by Democrats in the legislature this year that you know of that could be a surprise?
12: A surprise. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I, probably, uh, and it's probably going to be a surprise because I haven't heard about it. Yet. <laughs> uh, we do. We do a really good job of communicating beforehand, and this is everyone. We we do a lot of homework before we go to the legislature, um, crafting what we hope would be. Uh, potentially good policy during the time we're here because of the short time that we should be here um, so uh, mostly the Democrats are talking about a lot of property tax relief bills because it's got to be come at many different directions in order in order for it to be meaningful and so there are a lot of, quite a few good ideas out there that we're hoping at least some of it will gain traction um, also tr- trying to address housing um, there uh, I mean I would argue that unfortunately we still are some of the least wages, the smallest amount of wages per capita in the nation. And we're not competitive. And that directly impacts our businesses and their ability to keep a workforce together. Um, because uh, if we're paying as much as a McDonald's or an IHOP is, um, people aren't going to, to to stay. They'll We'll train them and then they'll go to our neighboring states for more money and benefits. And that is not really very fiscally responsible for us to do. So, There are things that we need to do better to be competitive, and I think those are the types of things you'll see the Democrats bring forward this year. Once again,
3: we were talking with Senator Michelle Stanett this morning. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us. I'm sure we're going to be talking with you, uh, before the end of the session, uh, again, because there, there's not a lot of Democrats in the <laughs> Senate. Um, so, uh, we usually get to talk to, uh, people a couple of times and look forward to doing that again. Um, c- continued, uh, good luck in getting out of the, uh, Senate on time this, uh, this year and con, and the legislature getting over and getting their business done. So, um, People can get home to uh, start their campaigning. But thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning.
1: Always my pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature. All of the issues. All of the debates. Today we have Idaho state senators joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI.
3: Once again, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone line with us, Republican uh, Senate President Pro Tem. Chuck Winder, District 20 in Boise with us, member of the State Senate Affairs Committee and Transportation Committee. Thanks for taking a few minutes uh, with us this morning, Senator.
10: uh, Thanks, Mike. Thanks for giving us the opportunity.
3: You're welcome. Uh, I want to start things off real quickly here. I I don't remember a time when so many priorities uh, seemed to be so aligned in the legislature, from the governor, the House, the Senate, Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, we're talking education, infrastructure tax cuts, you know, we have so much money, $1.9 billion surplus. With all that, and, and most people seem to be on board with some of the priorities, it, are there going to be some challenges and fights coming up this year um, over other things I that we're not hearing about yet?
10: Well, I think there'll be some things, you know, you didn't hear much about grocery tax. I think you'll hear that, you know, as one of the tax relief measures, but I think people are really excited to be able to offer significant tax relief while still funding education and transportation and for instance all day kindergarten uh, in Idaho we, you know we're going to see some funds that go to that I think that really will help lots of families.
4: I, ideally uh, how much money do you think should the legislature be dedicating to the state's infrastructure right now?
10: Well I think you know last year we approved a uh, bonding a measure that would put 1.6 billion into it over about a 10-year period. I think there's a significant backlog of uh, bridges in our state of Idaho, both at the state and local level, so you're going to see both state and federal monies go into those programs so I think you know you're going to see deferred maintenance and buildings that have been put off for decades that need to be done so we're going to give money back but we're also going to have the luxury of being able to take care of the some of the things that uh, our grandkids and our uh, kids won't have to pay for in the future
3: senator we have heard about the tax rebate and some of the criticism coming from Democrats. I mean, it, it, it's an election year, so uh, it's going to be hard for anybody to be against tax cuts or tax rebates in an election year. But some of the criticism is coming in that the rebates are going to mostly rich people and rich businesses instead of lower-end people. What What do you, is your response to that?
10: Well, I think you have to look at the way the tax structure is set up in Idaho. And when you start looking at our top uh, bracket as being someone that makes, you know, roughly over $12,000, yeah, who's rich? Somebody that makes more than $12,000? You know, I think this is a good effort to uh, help our people to give a rebate, but also to lower tax rates by about a half percent, uh, which will be ongoing. So I think it's a very positive thing. It will help lots of people. Uh, The rebate itself, you know, goes to people that will give them a 12% uh, rebate if they paid taxes. Even if they didn't, they'll get about $75 per dependent back.
4: What What do you see uh, in this year's legislature that will be brand new, something that we haven't ever tackled before? Is Is there an issue?
10: I don't think there's anything brand new other than we've got a lot of both state and federal money uh, that needs to be appropriated and programs need to be uh, put in place to make sure that money is used efficiently and properly. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. Uh, And then just the whole nature of what's going on in the construction business right now, it's hard to find, uh, you know, employees. And and, uh, this is going to be a tremendous amount of money being injected over the next, you know, couple of years into our economy. And again, trying to find the contractors and the employers, employees to, to get the job done. I think that'll be one of our biggest challenges.
3: Senator, the uh, legislature last year addressed property taxes. And yet this year, we're still hearing complaints about property taxes and something has to be done about property taxes. Can you explain in layman's terms to us uh, exactly what didn't work in the uh, addressing of property taxes in the last session and what can be done to help fix it this year?
10: Well, I think what happened was we saw such a huge increase in property values over the last couple of years. And as a result of that, people's you know property tax went up significantly. Uh, some of the things that we will try to do, I think, is look at, you know, where is property tax used? For instance, a good example would be in the court system and the public defense system in the state. Is that something we can take over? Uh, and, you know, pay so that that can be immediate, uh, tax relief for property tax. Uh, but also the fact that, uh, as we look at supplementals and, and other things that help finance our schools at the local district, uh, we may be able to get rid of some of those in a way that uh, helps those districts. And again, immediate provides immediate property tax relief, but we're looking at all those kind of areas to really see what could we do? How could we use this money to, uh, to lower property tax because we still have to replace the money at the local level can't just take it away from the locals because that's one of the primary ways they finance police and fire and emergency uh, services as well as uh, our schools
3: once again uh, talking today with president pro tem chuck winder uh, senator in uh, district 20 in boise thank you very much for taking a few minutes and talking with us this morning i'm sure we'll talk to you again before the end of the session
10: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it very much.
3: KBOI Time is 857. Phone lines are open now. If you'd like to talk with our visits uh, to the Senators this morning, your thoughts, you can go ahead and weigh in at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Remember, it is also open phones Friday, so we'll talk about anything. It's brought to you by Fast Eddies and Meridian on Eagle Road. Feel free to give us a call. You can also email Chris at KBY.com or Mike at KBOI. Listen
0: to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI
12: the Supreme Court ruling on this vaccine mandate. Now, there were two different aspects to this case. There was one for a vaccine mandate for health workers, but the other was a key part of the Biden administration's COVID response, and that was to require any companies with more than 100 employees to either have vaccine mandates for their staff or rigorous testing in its place. That was a key announcement of the Biden administration. The Supreme Court today now ruling that it's unconstitutional. In its statement, it said, although Congress has indisputably given OSHA the power to regulate occupational dangers, it has not given that agency the power to regulate public health more broadly. Requiring the vaccination of 84 million Americans selected simply because they work for employers with more than 100 employees certainly falls in the latter category.
4: So the... uh, Which is what we said. Yeah. uh, 100 seemed like kind of an arbitrary number.
3: Supreme Court yesterday. And uh, you know, I thought about why... Would the Biden administration, you know, pick that number? You know, yeah, it's a nice round number, 100. And and the only thing that I can think of is that there are hundreds of thousands of small businesses across Mm -hmm. the United States that employ less than 100 people. And I just think that that arbitrary number was picked just because of the amount of pushback you would have seen by so many more businesses.
4: To let most of the businesses out of it.
3: Yeah, um, I, I think that's the only reason because there would have been such a huge pushback, so that he picked 100 and goes, all right. So it'll just be big businesses. I won't get as much of a pushback. However, the pushback came from the Supreme Court when they ruled it unconstitutional. Um, one of the uh, he 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 had a loss yesterday with that, um, but there was a, a small victory because the Supreme Court said that medical facilities um, he can force medical facilities to make sure that their employees are vaccinated. Cut seven.
9: The Supreme Court, five to four, Chief Justice Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh joining with the liberals to say that that is, in fact, in the purview, in the authority of the Health and Human Services Secretary who issued it. In fact, they pointed to the text of federal law, which says HHS is responsible for protecting the health and safety of patients and can require hospitals to impose infection control regime.
3: The or
4: um, or, or regimen
3: court wrote yeah, yeah regimen um, the court wrote it in its opinion that ensuring that providers take steps to avoid transmitting a dangerous virus to their patients is consistent with the fundamental principle of medical profession first do no harm.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's it. I guess it's kind of simple. It's the health department ordering it, and these are health professionals that they're ordering.
3: Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Rich in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, good
9: morning. Uh, well, two days ago, I, I saw Trump kind of, he was kind of belittling some, I think we was talking about Ron DeSantis for not admitting that he got a vaccine. Uh Trump got the vaccine in January and didn't admit it for two months until after he was out of office. So that's a big, big hypocritical. But these mandates, businesses can still mandate. Yeah. That people
4: yeah. get. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's, it, it, that's it, not unconstitutional. It, it doesn't mean they can't, but it's their choice, not the government's. Yeah,
3: they're not being forced yeah. to by the and, federal government.
9: Yeah, it was. It was just a cover for businesses to put in mandates and then say, well, we don't have any choice so they wouldn't get pushback and stuff. But uh you know, I I mean it, these people that don't want to get vaccinated, I I just don't care anymore. It's they're the ones getting hospitalized and dying, so I guess that's their business. But uh you know that so that uh you know, so I but it, it doesn't really matter that much kind of at this point because most of the ones who were going to mandate it did anyway. So,
3: yeah, I mean, a lot of them know, did it can't. even before uh, Biden tried to uh, force the uh, mandates.
9: Yeah. on you yeah, know. the airlines have about ninety nine percent. But I mean, I I just don't know why the people are just so dead set against the vaccinations. You know, they say, well, they're against the mandates, but they're not. I see them on social media. They they come up with all these you know bizarre stories and and all this stuff to be against the vaccines and and they have been pretty effective
7: all right thanks for the call
3: once again I want to reiterate that we talked about this earlier this morning because there is some misinformation going around and, and both chris and i saw this on social media you know, yesterday on, i saw it on twitter yeah. yeah um and i i saw it on facebook um, somebody had said, boy, don't I feel like an idiot constitution or the uh, Supreme Court ruled the mandates unconstitutional. Yet my employer forced me to get vaccinated when I didn't want to. Now, how do I unvaccinate myself?
4: Uh, you, you don't. You, if you still work you, for the same employer, yeah. <laughs> then your employer can still ask you or require you uh, as a condition of working to have a vaccine. Uh, it's just that the federal government can't make that decision for your employer. Concerned Citizen has written in and says, I want to know how President Biden is handling North Korea's missile testing. Those missiles can reach us here in Idaho, so there is a concern. I want to know anything he is doing for we the people right now in this country. I would like someone to simply acknowledge we have a president because I am starting to wonder. Talk about the wool being pulled over we the people's eyes. What kind of scary stuff is this guy doing without being questioned by anybody because his presidency is so secret? I think you're a little misguided there because what you seem to be doing is comparing it to the Trump presidency where he tweeted essentially anything he was thinking about several times a day. And so that was always in the news because when the you know president decides to communicate with the people that's in the news. And so it was an all day news cycle with president Trump. Uh, president Biden doesn't work that way. He, uh, he doesn't, you know, tweet. And if, 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 if there is a tweet from him, it's usually the official White House t- uh, tweet, which he doesn't do. I, I mean, I sure I would love to know. It's like, what are we, what are we doing about? But as far as North Korea, yesterday on Fox News, they reported that uh, we are sanctioning five different individuals who are uh, North Korean or just Korean, but none of them actually live in North Korea <laughs> right now. But they're they're basically they're rich people and they've been funding the missile programs and so they were sanctioned by the United States and I, I don't know whether they're going to freeze their money or what but Fox was reporting yesterday that something is going to happen to them.
3: I and I, I don't know what you can do. I mean, sure we're talking about North Korea because they're they're testing missiles. North Korea is not the only country that we're not on good terms with who have missiles that can reach the United States. Um I don't I don't know what you can do. I mean, putting sanctions on five individuals who are funding it what's that what's that going to do to stop north korea from continuing missile tests you know what i mean mm-hmm. what's it going to do what kind of sanctions can we put on north korea that it's going to make a difference to north korea you can look at the same thing what about what about russia i mean there there china all of them, I believe, have missiles that can reach the United States. Yeah. Um, and if not, they the, can park them close enough that they can reach the United States. So what what, what would be the answer? That, I don't know. Uh, the only answer that I can think of off the top of my head would be to have defensive weapons that could shoot the missiles out yeah. of the air before they reach the United which, States.
4: Which we hope we have anyway. Uh, the last, The last thing I heard about the North Korean missile program was that they have ICBMs that can be fired from north korea and hit the us mainland not hawaii not alaska but more like california 30 minutes later it would take them that long to to cross the entire pacific ocean
3: i would like to know and we still haven't heard anything as of yet what happened earlier um this week when the faa ordered a ground stop of mm-hmm. all planes oh it was
4: because these you know these guys were uh, they were testing it. W- one of the first miss- missiles they tested, uh, they they fired it and reported that it hit its target, which was 620 miles off the coast. Uh, I mean, uh, of of North Korea, but out in the ocean. Right. And But still a very, very, very long yeah. way away from the United but, States. But there are planes that uh, fly over that part of the ocean. And so they were just, I guess, trying to... Uh, let people know that they should be wary of this well for a while
3: uh earlier this week not a single plane took off or was in the air right and like i said it's it seems weird because i get your point it's like okay some of them could be headed that way uh, Mm -hmm. but why they grounded every plane in the united states for a short time just seems weird if if there was something happening that we're not privy to that's you know, like, you know like, I mean, confidential you, you, or, or what? So
4: Somebody couldn't fly from Dallas to Chicago. I mean, why was that?
3: Yeah. Uh, still haven't said, the defense, defense Department still hasn't said, you know, specific reasons for it. Was it a secret reason or was it just in a, an abundance of safety? I don't know. It was just, it seemed weird earlier in this week. It kind of ties into the conversation we're having. Um, we're going to take a break. 208-336-3700, pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is Open Phones Friday. It's brought to you by Fast Eddie's. In Meridian on Eagle Road, the place to go uh, if you have anything automotive that you need your car worked on. A lot of people don't realize that they do automatic automotive work, and probably at a better price that you're going to find any place else. Um, I'll give you the perfect example. I bought uh, four four tires, complete set of tires, saved me two hundred dollars over the price quote that I got from a couple of different locations um, from businesses that you and I all heard from Um, you can save money on that and they do pretty much anything automotive not just car washes not just convenience stores so get into fast eddies on eagle road we'll take a break your phone calls and emails on
0: the way drive home live and local with nate shellman this afternoon at three
1: now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 919-208-336-3700,
3: 919-208-336-3700, pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Joe N. Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KVOI.
11: Morning, guys. Thanks for taking the call. I, I just have a, maybe it's a rhetorical question, but I would like to know the answer to it, is who is the White House? You know, we'll hear the president do a speech or make a comment, and then later that evening or later that day we'll hear... The White House corrects the president's statement or the White House clarifies what the president is saying. And and who is the White House and by what authority do they have to correct the president? Is it, my understanding. The executive branch has has one voice that gets elected. And so it seems that there's this guys that they hide behind uh, the White House or the president. And and why does the executive branch have two voices?
4: It doesn't. The, when, when they refer to the White House, it is what the president wants to say. And when the White House corrects something the president said, it's generally because he made a factual error and they are correcting it. They're, they're not correcting him. Basically, it's himself correcting himself just so the, the correct information gets out or, there. Or
3: somebody within and, the administration going, hey, yeah, you, you they screwed all, up this fact.
4: Every, or... every president has had uh, uh, you know, people in charge of White House communications and things like that because it's too tough of a job just for one person to do all the time. Uh, you'd have to talk. You, know, you have, um, have to be interviewed, and you know almost constantly.
11: After, after he makes the comments, I mean, we never during Trump we never heard that the White the, the White House never corrected or never made a statement for Trump well, that
3: I'm. No, clear. that that's not that's not true. They would they he, would oftentimes he treated
11: it just like you guys were talking about it. Yeah, few they would they, ago, they would treat it,
3: but the the press secretary would also make you know, corrections on, on things that he said. I can remember a couple of times where the press secretary said he misspoke. One of those times when, is when he claimed, you know, during um, the Revolutionary War that he claimed we had an Air Force. And they, they clarified that he, he had misspoke and, and made a mistake on
11: that. And, Mike, you said it, the press secretary. We know who the press secretary is. And when the press secretary speaks, we all know who's speaking. But this White House could be anybody. Anyone they want to hide behind there too? No, it's it's the to, same.
4: It's the same press office.
11: I just think he would have more credibility to step out and say, you know what, the facts I gave you earlier, and he can he can tweet it out. He can put it on the presidential tweet and say, look, President Biden made a mistake. This is the correct the correct figure, yeah. not the White House. Yeah,
4: well, I see, I, 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 I I see said, your point. see your point. He's he's not an avid tweeter, though. You know.
11: Uh, well, whatever, whatever media he wants to use. It's just that it should be his voice that corrects himself.
4: Now, well, and, and see, the thing, know, I don't necessarily agree with you, it's got to be his voice. It's it's his uh, administration, it's people who were hired and placed in their jobs by him, and so they are speaking for him, and they're not making up what they say, you know, on on their own. Well, too I don't
11: think that they're making up what they say. Right. I, I think it's, I think it's that he doesn't know what he's saying, and that there's somebody you know this is the Wizard of Oz, and there's somebody behind the curtain
4: <laughs> nah that's that's not the case it's he it's it's, he, it's, it's just like every other it's like every other experts, administration
11: well it's it's the same thing as the media. The experts are saying this who are these experts that they're citing
4: i'll tell you how I'll tell you how, you tell you how accurate
11: kids, you had to,
4: I'll tell you how accurate various experts are you notice that when we have a vote that goes to the Supreme court, and these are the people who know more about the law or should know more about the law and the constitution than anybody in the entire United States. And so they'll have a tough decision to make and they'll end up making it. And five of them will vote one way and four of them will vote another way. Now, why is that? Why aren't the, the experts Expert, in the field coming up with the exact same answer? Well, it's because this stuff isn't science necessarily. Uh, you know, it, it's political science for the most part, and it's, uh, it's, uh, administration of, of the public, but it's not necessarily a science. And so there are different opinions that people have about that sort of thing. And even science yeah. is sometimes opinion.
3: You know, you try to prove it, but science changes over time. I mean, we, we've yeah. seen it throughout well, our the, history. If,
4: where, where, where the opinion comes in in science. Is when you assess now what does this mean? What does this mean for the future? Things like that. But when you're just reciting data, somebody can't say, "Well, my opinion is that data is not correct because right. it's just it's the it's the data that is uh, uh, that is accepted by uh, the science community." Thank you yeah. for the call, Joe. Hey. Thanks,
11: guys. Appreciate Goodbye. the Thank thoughts.
3: You. Thanks for listening. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. Amanda writes in Mike at KBOI.com. Why do the vaxxed people care about people who are not vaxxed? They say you can still get and pass along COVID, even mm-hmm. if you're vaccinated, but you likely won't get as sick as a non-vaxxed person. Jeez, who cares? You can still get it. Is it just me that understands this? I I think it goes beyond... You're just thinking of it, um, I guess, maybe one-dimensionally, about just the sickness by itself. And we're seeing, for instance... And we talked about this this morning with the Omicron variant, which is now um, heavily in Idaho. And so far, it's showing that people don't get as sick. You don't run near as high a risk of dying from it. However, it is affecting us in different ways it's affecting our businesses, it's affecting how schools are having to close down because so many people are sick, and uh, once you're either confirmed to have it or you think you have it, you have to stay out until you get your test back um, five to ten days, so they're having to close down businesses, they're having to close down schools. More importantly, it makes it much, much tougher to be able to go into a hospital if you have an emergency or you need a surgery surgery. Because right now there are so many hospital workers, doctors, nurses, uh, people that work in the administrations that are sick and not at work. Um, We had told you uh, as of yesterday from last week, which is the latest data that the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare has, last week um, at the end of week testing, one out of every four people in Idaho had COVID. 25%.
4: 25%
3: Twenty-five percent of people, one out of every four people. Now, if you have COVID, you you don't go to work, you don't go to school, and that includes people that are are in our hospitals. and And we've heard primary health has had to close. Uh, I think it said six or seven of their facilities over the last week yeah, because they, of a lack of workers yeah, to be able a, to help people that are sick.
4: They don't have a full staff, so they're they're combining staffs at some of the locations, and uh, just to make sure that there actually are some functioning. Uh, you know, primary health locations. So that's that's how it
3: does, uh, you know, affect. And, and, hey, we get it. We've talked about this, too. Doctors have said it. Just because you've been vaccinated doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID. It doesn't mean you're going to not pass it along. You can still pass it along. Um, they uh, are suggesting that you get vaccinated to help you so that you don't get sick or die. And then in addition to that, social distance and wear masks. And even with Omicron, uh, the CDC has come out recently and said that, you know, just the regular cloth masks aren't doing enough and aren't good for stopping the Omicron variant. That now they're saying that you need to get either an N95 or is the, or the K95 masks are the ones that will protect you a little bit
4: better. Uh, Somebody wrote in and said, the misinformation is coming from the two of you. Your boss cannot demand that you be part of a medical trial. Well, nobody is.
3: Nobody's part of the medical trial.
4: This stuff has been approved or it wouldn't be on the the market.
3: I'm guessing he'll say it's a fake approval.
4: He (laughs) He goes on, unless we are ignoring the Geneva Code per the FDA, this is still in trial state until sometime in 2023, and the FDA has always pulled any trial drug that has killed more than 50 people. This one hasn't been pulled, because it hasn't. KBOI
3: Newstime, 927. We'll take a break. More of your phone calls and emails coming up. It is Open Phones
1: Friday. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are our news talk. KBOI.
3: 935, it is Open Phones Friday, 208-336-3700. pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. It's got this sent to me. And it's it's quite disturbing. It was just brought to my attention that 1970 and 2021 are as far apart as 1970
4: and 1919
3: were. Mm-hmm. That's true. 51 years. Wow. I I could remember thinking back in, because I was alive in 1970, going, wow, if you were born in 1919, you sure are old. <laughs> the country was completely dead. And yet here we are. And now I don't think the same thing. It's just like it. I don't think 1970 is that far away, but it's the exact same amount of years. It's just, it's a weird way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I guess it changes your your optics as you get older, right?
4: That is uh,
3: completely true. Of course, when, you know, in 1970, I thought somebody that was 25 years old was really old. I don't know if you were, when you were a kid, 25, 30 years old, seemed like you were oh, really when I was, old.
4: When I was about nine, I, I couldn't see how people could wait so long to become <laughs> an adult. I mean, how do you just <laughs> even bear it? Uh,
3: 208-336-3700. It is Open Phones Friday, brought to you by Fast Eddie's. Uh, David and Napa, thank you for being patient this morning, waiting on uh, hold there through the uh, news. Good morning to you.
5: Oh, thank you. Good morning to you guys as well. How are you? One of the one of the questions I have you brought up a minute ago about the health care system, and just to, for the term of calling it, is getting overwhelmed again by sickness. Um, I want to ask a question pertaining to the worker side of it. Do we know in the state of Idaho, because I know from news I'm hearing around other parts of the nation, are they letting workers that are unvaccinated work or are they keeping them out of the workplace? Who? Are they only letting people that, you know, if if you taste, test negative can you work vaccinated or unvaccinated? Do we know in Idaho? I don't know.
4: Work, are, work where? In in a healthcare
5: facility, oh, healthcare. hospitals, primary there, health. There are it's, certain
4: it's healthcare
3: the, facilities yeah. that do require you. St. Luke's, St. Al's, it, and primary to, health all yeah. require you to be vaccinated. And
4: it's up to each one of those. It's it's not the government telling them what they have to do. It's the healthcare facility saying it'd be better off if if everybody was vaccinated.
3: Off the top of my head, I think those are the only three uh, health care facilities in the state of Idaho that require their workers to be vaccinated. Off the top of my head, I think those are the only three. They're both yeah. located. Now, they have different offices you like know, if, throughout like the state work, in Oregon. If but, you work
4: in a different doctor's office and they don't have a rule about it, then right. you, you don't have to you know, follow for, any rule that doesn't, doesn't exist.
3: For instance, the uh, hospital in North Idaho, um, the main, main hospital in North Idaho, does not require their employees to be vaccinated. So it's not a blanket thing here in the state that if you work in the health care industry, you must be vaccinated.
5: Does that okay. answer your question well that was for that part, yeah, so then the other part of it is do they are they still testing everybody on a regular basis, and if you test positive, you can't i mean it, obviously everybody says going to incubation, but is that what's causing the the shortage is everybody got vaccinated, but now they're getting COVID anyway, so That's, they can't work. Is it's, a variety,
4: it's a variety of things. Uh, people are sick or uh, people have been you know, told they can't come back to work without certain conditions. And, and there just is a shortage right now of uh, available people.
3: And I, I mean, there sure. are people also who don't have COVID who are calling in sick. Because if you work in the medical profession and say you have the flu, or you have a severe case of the cold if I'm somebody who is coming into your clinic to get worked on I don't I don't want you you know giving me a throat swab breathing into my mouth or breathing around me and you have a case of the flu so those people are also calling in sick it's not just people with COVID who are out um, because we're in the middle of flu flu, uh, flu and cold season right now also so you you have people who are calling out who have tested positive um, for COVID, uh, or suspect that they might mm-hmm. have COVID cause they've been around something, but you also have people who are out because they have the flu and are sick with, with other maladies other than just COVID.
2: Okay.
5: All right. Well, I just, and then during the break that one in four people in Idaho have COVID. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of people that ain't going to work anywhere.
4: Yeah, probably so. Yeah.
5: Yep. I'm I'm not anti-vaccine, but I haven't been vaccinated for health concerns. Now, I understand other people feel their immunities compromised and want the vaccine. Hey, that's fine. But in years past, I remember going in medical facilities and people coughing, and we just all understood, hey, it's the flu, it's the cold, we're all going to get it. Well, COVID, we're all going to get it. These We're not going to stop it. It's a new flu. It's a man made flu. Yeah. And so, I brought that
3: I brought that point up and actually I heard Nate Shellman on his show talking about it in the afternoons. Are we going to get to a point, you know, especially as we start seeing um less effects of the variants because they're they're not as serious. Sure. People start coming to work because you and I, Chris, in the last years, both of us have come into work when we just had the well, flu or if we had the cold. And now, if you're you. suspected, you're you're well, not were,
4: allowed to come. To there work. were there were several years when we didn't have any substitutes. You know, if if, yeah. we, if we didn't show up, there just wasn't a radio program.
3: And you know there are some people who would have agreed that would have been better than what what was on the road. I'm just kidding. Uh, David, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Like <laughs> that. Yeah. Wow. Casper and Chris have never sounded better. Uh, Sandy and Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI.
8: Hi. Hi. Um,
12: you ca- you guys were wondering why the air airports were shut down during the that North Korean missile test.
4: Yeah, like you know, why would say why like an airport? Them, and, the why would an airport, like in Richmond, Virginia, or something, be be shut or down? Or Boise, right.
3: Idaho, for that matter. Yeah.
12: My guess is, and this is just a guess, but since that was a different type of a uh, missile test, one that was hypersonic and more difficult to track, I think they just didn't want to make, or they wanted to make sure if they saw something. They didn't shut down, yeah. or shoot down a uh, airliner.
4: That's a good point. You know, on your on your on your radar at the beginning, everything looks the same.
3: <laughs> it wouldn't have been the first time right. that, that an airline has been shot down accidentally. I guess. Mm-hmm.
12: True. Right. And I guess they were trying to avoid that. That was good. Good idea. Good answer. Thank
3: you, Sandy, for the call. Appreciate it.
4: You're welcome. And, and, and you do hear that quite often. The the Federal Aviation Administration. Uh, something goes wrong and they say shut down everybody they don't just say okay now shut down this place and this place and this place and if it spreads you know we'll we'll, we'll look at that later they just say shut down everybody mm-hmm. until we figure this out well
3: the, the last time that i remember this happening was on 9-11 and with good reason because nobody knew how many terrorists mm-hmm. were out there hijacking airplanes so they just grounded everybody al in ontario good morning you're on news kboi
2: Honey, uh, I've got a comment and a question. First, with the Supreme Court decision yesterday allowing the uh, Biden's mandate on health care workers, the uh, doesn't matter whether you're with St. Luke's or whatever. All health care workers are now mandated to get vaccines, by, or tested, I guess. But. It, uh, the other, my uh, question is with healthcare facilities having to turn people away or stop procedures because of uh, inadequate numbers of staff members, do we know how many staff members are not available because they've been fired because they didn't get vaccinated?
4: We don't have the data on that, but uh, I'm sure that's part of the problem
2: of course it is,
3: and it's probably going to be but a bigger off. problem That's because you make a great point, and I don't know when this now officially will go into effect, but the the Biden administration is allowed to make all workers in hospital facilities, medical facilities. Um, be vaccinated. So um, I'm guessing that's probably going to go into effects within the uh, next month. So as we mentioned earlier, I think there's only three hospital systems in Idaho that require vaccinations. But with this mandate, that will mean all hospitals. So even, even the ones that haven't enforced a vaccine mandate as of yet will be required to do that um, due to this, the uh, Supreme Court ruling that it is constitutional for the Biden administration to do it. So, um, yeah, every uh, medical worker in the state, um, if you're going to continue to work, is going to have to be vaccinated here mm-hmm. before too long and, uh, and so Which this, is, ta- this takes away the option of like if you worked in the St. Luke's and wanted to go someplace that didn't require vaccination say North Idaho or a different hospital mm-hmm. now you're not going to be able to because it's
4: it's required it's, it's nothing new for healthcare workers they've they've had to get flu shots every year and all sorts of different things depending on what their employer mandated and uh, when you're working for somebody and they're paying you uh, you do have a certain number of rights but probably not as many as you think you do
3: Al, thank you for the call. We'll take a break here 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless one more segment to go Uh, before we head into that segment though, as promised I have a pair of tickets Uh, the only home game over about a three to four week period for Boise State fans to watch Boise State Broncos who are on a nine game win streak as of right now, they play again on the road in Albuquerque, but Tuesday they'll be back home the only time next week that they will be home at Extra Mile Arena, they'll be taking on Air Force in a Mountain West game. You can be there live if you're caller number six right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, caller number six. You've got a
0: pair of Boise State basketball tickets. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey
1: Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: Open phones Friday, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Lorraine Gurney. Congratulations. Lorraine Gurney of Parma is now officially going to be going to the Boise State Air Force game next Tuesday night. Congratulations, uh, Lorraine. She was very excited. Always happy to hear people who are excited to win something, especially when it uh, comes to driving all the way from Parma to pick up tickets and go to the game next Tuesday night. Uh, don't forget, there is a game tomorrow night, and you will be able to hear it on uh, News Talk KBY, 670 KBY, um, here, and it begins uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, Once again, that's against New Mexico. Um, They will be going for nine games in a row.
4: And as we explained earlier in the week, we are now on AM and FM. And during a basketball game, you can get it on the AM, but if you'd prefer to listen to the normal programming that the basketball game is uh, preempting, that will be on the FM.
3: Uh, Jack Mack writes, Mike at com. please explain Supreme Court ruled do no harm, but California has decided to force hospital workers that test positive to come back to work. Is that the next lawsuit? One of the many reasons why we don't approve of uh, the job the administration's doing.
4: The Supreme Court didn't rule, first do no harm. That's just uh, part of their opinion. Th- that's, that's, that's part of the medical profession. That's what they say their first job is, is to first do no harm.
3: But it... And, I, and, I and I
4: chances are the medical profession doesn't look at uh, vaccinations as doing harm to somebody. Um, but forcing, it, that that's weird. I hadn't
3: heard this, that hospitals in California are forcing people who have COVID to come back to work. That seems a little strange to me,
11: mm-hmm. if, that it,
3: is, if that is true. Me too. On the other hand, it is California. It is California. I was just going to say the same thing, you know. Hey, California does California. Why do you think so many people are moving out of the state? Uh, 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wire so you can uh, also get to emails we got some email backlog getting to uh here this morning uh no name on this one it says all these people looking for excuses mandates health systems requiring vaccines they don't realize the valley has grown exponentially and clinics have popped up everywhere everywhere but like all other jobs there's just a lack of healthcare care workers right now regardless we were short nurses before the increase in population uh they still act like there's only sixty thousand people who live here in the Treasure Valley. We're <laughs> now over eight hundred thousand
4: uh, by in, the way. In the in the valley, yeah. Uh,
3: text message two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. I was wondering where Casper and Chris stand on political issues. I'm a conservative Republican, and I think COVID has been politicized. Um, I I would uh, agree with you hundred percent.
4: I, I think everything's been politicized at some point. Yeah. Uh,
3: but yeah, this is certain people have definitely politicized. Um covid and and not just you know people um politicians have politicized it also i agree with you
4: let's see uh fed up says if the big push is more bed space in hospitals then why not build more hospitals china did it why can't we how many hospitals could have been built in the time this has been going on probably the reason we didn't is because uh, hospitals are are private uh, businesses although regulated to a great degree by the government, as most things are, but uh, the federal government would have had to have been constructing these hospitals, and I'm sure the federal government doesn't want to pay for it, neither does the state government, and unnecessarily, I would say that, uh, like St. Luke's or uh, any of the companies that uh, run medical facilities probably don't want to just start building a bunch of things that uh, you know, may or may not be profitable. Um, no name on this one. Uh, Mike, you're wrong again.
3: Supreme Court ruling only allowed medically to those facilities accepting uh, CSM payments from the federal government, there Medicare, go. Medicaid. Please get your facts straight. Yes, you you are. But that is most all of them. You are correct. But that yeah, um, you are 100% correct. So I stand corrected on that. But um, the, yeah, that's a large majority, by the way. True. Uh, Mike, please explain the uh, difference in symptoms between vaccinated and unvaccinated person who contracts Omicron, and why are we such a weak society that we can't show up for work with sniffles that, per your statement, everyone is catching? I love our government's new form of lockdown for small businesses, and why are you always a mouthpiece for the administration that is lying to us? When was the last time you told your listeners monoclonal antibody locations, if ever? Um, I haven't because there just aren't that many. There's hmm. We're not having that many come into the state. It's a very, very limited uh, amount that is available as of right now. Now, I don't know if that'll, uh, that'll yeah. change. But- By
4: the way, uh, alternative medicine is medicine that's either not been proven to work or been proven not to work. Because when it works, they call it medicine.
3: We're not here Monday. Have yourself a great week.